Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. Everybody a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric to look ahead to Rampage tonight. Uh, and a stacked show, contract signings, qualifiers for revolution matches, and, of course, the, I think, still stolen TNT championships up for grabs. Yeah, it looks like it's a... It looks like a hot show on paper. My only concern is it's still a little bit depressing how the AEW crowd is kind of the general AEW crowd and atmosphere has shifted since it was like before the pandemic, which is odd because you'd think that people would want to really get out again, Mm. get involved and like broadly the shows remain absolutely excellent. But the atmosphere is off certain weeks and I just don't understand it. We've spoken before about whether it's like, are they just hitting the same areas too often? And those fans in those areas are a little bit sort of numb to the action, a little bit used to it. The novelty of seeing AEW live for the first time Mm. is just not there. And they haven't, of course, hit the West Coast of America yet or the UK. Maybe they need to be a little bit less frugal in terms of logistics of presenting these shows. And this week's Dynamite, the crowd wasn't really up for it at Mm. all. It was odd. They were up for the promos. Um, segments, um, but it took them a while, if at all, to get into the action. There's a match on this show that I suspect will be heavily calibrated towards generating reactions, mm. given the style I expect it to be worked in. But my concern is that we're going to get that awful crowd sweetening that um, Tony Khan indulges himself with to try and make Rampage hotter than it actually is. You can hear it. It's very fake. It's very artificial. And it's very counterintuitive to what it's meant to do. It's meant to accentuate the noise that does exist. It's meant to get stuff over. It's meant to make it feel more vibrant and immersive and hot. But if anything, it just sounds fake and jarring. Mm. Um, It's really counterproductive to what it's actually setting out to do. So that will annoy me. But I want to say it is what it is. And they can't be blamed to try and work the atmosphere that isn't there. But as I said, if everyone 
knows it's fake, then what's actually the point? Mm. Well, to slightly reassure us, uh, we often talk about the fact that if we don't get tweets about the show, although we don't want to, don't want it spoiled, but we would like a if you've been uh, a brief assessment of how it was. Uh, nice non-spoiler indication of quality. Yeah. Exactly like this from uh, Lucille Ostero on Twitter, who says, since no one tells you about Rampage anymore, here goes, no spoilers. Sammy Andrade was very fun. Nothing groundbreaking, but lots of oohs and ahs, which I suppose, as we'll get into in a second, that's what we are expecting. Uh, the Rosa Brit segment was awesome. They've got a contract saying, all else was good, not great, which kind of encapsulates pretty much every episode of Rampage that we talk about. But let's start with that TNT Championship match then, Sige. Um, Andrade stole them. For some reason, there's multiple belts. It annoys me every week, but I'm not going to rant about that because I am genuinely very excited for Sammy Guevara versus Andrade. But I think you would say yourself, this is a big test, not for Sammy, but for Andrade. Uh, possibly both, um, because Sammy Guevara's title reign, he's worked the odd three and three quarter star match and he's had a classic with Cody. But beyond that, I think it's almost fair to say that this run is underwhelmed hmm. um, in terms of just his character. It just feels like he's not that worth getting behind in the way that Darby Allen was and his selling and he didn't necessarily make the matches feel like big occasions. And like, again, I don't want to repeat myself on every single podcast, but working a good match these days is not quite enough because the quality across the whole world is just so sky high. Mm-hmm. So I hope this is blow away great or at least so demented in its head drop violence that it's memorable. Um, in terms of the title switch, I'd expect... Had there been one, obviously the show's been taped. We'd kind of know about it. Mm. But having said that, um, I almost got the Cody Sammy switch not spoiled. I kind of inferred that something big had happened and that was easy to deduce that the switch was the important thing because people were usually, or sorry, generally quite sound about it. Like, oh, Christ. Seen those Rampage spoilers, and when you know that yeah. without saying yeah. what it was, oh, it can only be a switch. And then some dickhead troll on my reply um, sent us a screenshot of Cody holding the title Brilliant. because they wanted to spoil my fun because I like AEW more than WWE. I touch grass. <laughs> Get a goddamn life. If you, if the only enjoyment you derive from life is spoiling other people's enjoyment of a thing. Mm. You are a pathetic specimen. And in fact, I kind of feel sorry for you because you've not got much else going on. So I haven't had that, which indicates to me that there's no switch forthcoming. Um, but I do expect this match to be very good. Look at the caliber of the workers involved. Um, Andrade is not the best wrestler in the world. He's not the most artful pro wrestler in the world. He is, however, a goddamn lunatic. He's got no regard for his own ankles. We saw in those pack matches that he was more than willing to just dump himself on his skull to get certain moments over the oohs and the ahs that um, Lucille Ostero, um, great Twitter name, by the way, um, alluded to. So I expect this to be just stupid, but in an awesome way where it's just two guys with no little regard for their own bodies and skulls dropping each other on their heads and flying about the place in a sort of shallow, but nonetheless very exciting match. I expect this to be going quite long as well. If you look Mm. at what else is billed for the show, the contract signing will get time. 
the five minute rookie challenge won't. It can <laughs> in fact only get five minutes, and I don't think we're there yet in that story. And Bowen's Cassidy, I'd expect to get about 10 minutes. So I think we'll get a good 15 minutes out of Guevara versus Andrade. Lots of time to do lots of daft things to build to an even more daft high spot that finishes off the match. And it's like Andrade's approach. It's not particularly big or clever, but it's incredibly fun and captivating where a lot of wrestlers work over a leg or an arm or whatever. He just works over the brain tissue of himself and his opponent. (laughs) So give me stupid violence and I will be happy. Yeah, I think my only concern with this, like you say, I don't think it's going to be a title switch. My only concern is looking ahead to to Revolution next weekend. Obviously, there's that six-man tornado tag match, the AHFO, Andrade, Hardy, and uh, Isaiah Castillo versus Sting, Darby, and Sammy Guevara. So I just don't, I don't need any shenanigans in the match. I'll I'll probably still moan about it if it's in the post-match, but I just want the match to be kept relatively clean. Yes, but now that you've said that, maybe we won't get a nice 15 minutes of proper TV title stuff and you might get 11 with six minutes of bollocks tacked on to the end. If all the seconds are at ringside, it could be carnage, it could be contrived. But I hope before the episodic to a fault business kicks in that we will get something that tries to strive for special. Mm. Uh, normally, when it comes to WWE contract signings, we, we roll our eyes um, because they all follow a relatively similar formula. Um, but AWs really don't. I think when they say a contract signing, you expect something special from them, don't you? And that's what we're getting tonight with, with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa um, and a match that's been uh, long awaited and arguably is peaking at just the right time as we head towards Revolution. I will reserve judgment on that take until I watch tonight because I think it's been quite horrendously underserved in the build so far. They've done a lot of tidy work in the background, but not enough of it, that genuine anticipation. Mm. It's a match that people have kind of booked themselves rather than we've seen evidence of it being booked and built and made to feel like a big deal on AEW television. I really hope um, tonight corrects that. And I was very pleased to read that report that this is in fact a very good verbal um, segment because Britt Baker really feels like she's been diminished in the narrative for quite some time now. I wouldn't say it's unfocused. And like on one side of it, it's a double-edged sword because on one side, they've tried to tell um, a sprawling story that's in like, brought in Mercedes Martinez and Jamie Hayter and who the closest trusted ally of Britt Baker actually is. But to a degree, as much as it's good that some expansive thought has been put into the women's division, it still hasn't been heavily profiled. And um, it's almost to the detriment of the grudge match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. It hasn't really felt to me that Thunder Rosa has just smashed through obstacles struggled through various opponents to finally arrive at the final boss. Like it just feels a little bit unfocused in terms of the thing that really matters. And that is getting the women's title over. I guess you could say the same thing about Paige and Cole, but at the same time, I'm not exactly doing cartwheels over that. I think they've done a good job of rehabbing that build, but it's still not the thing I'm most looking forward to on the show. So I really hope tonight just focuses on the meat and potatoes and the true meat of what this actually is. And that is a champion running down the clock faced with her biggest challenge yet, 
in a big match that's worthy of the pay-per-view stage. If they can convey that tonight, mm. and I've got no doubt that they will. They know exactly when to turn these things up. So I expect this to be excellent. Um, I don't know what can be said at this point, but it's not up to me. It's up to me to decide whether this is going to feel really important. And God, I hope it does, because this Britt Baker title reign hasn't really felt like the thing we thought it was going to be this no. One saving grace, the rising tide that raises the ships of the women's division. Um, if they can fake the finish as being the final boss, then absolutely I'll be up for it. Do you think they're going to do something tonight around, you know, obviously you've got Baker, you've got Rebel Reba, you've got Jamie Hayter on one side, and you've just got Thunder Rosa, you know, with the numbers game. There's an argument to be made that they say, oh, well, you've signed the contract, but what if you don't make it to Revolution? And you could see maybe Mercedes Martinez making a save for, for Rosa because of what happened previously. Yeah, this feels like it could be a prelude to a match that indirectly builds a Revolution match. Just don't put Reba not Rebel, Rebel not Reba in the ring. Like, please, just don't bother. Like, I understand that they like the trope at this point of getting in all the seconds in a match, teasing the conflict. It's all very New Japan. It's all very good when done well, but God bless her. She's fabulous in the role, or she used to be before it was really sort of um, diminished. Mm. I don't need to see her in the ring. Um, If anything, I'll be bang up for Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter on Dynamite next week. Yeah, More so than I would be Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa versus Baker and Hayter because they're, they're already giving you a sequence between Cole and Page. I think it'd be a little bit redundant to do it in the women's side oh, yeah. of things as well. So just Thunder Rosa beating Jamie Hayter in a really physical, good match on Dynamite next week. Stare down between Thunder Rosa and Baker, conveying the idea that your time's up, my time's now, that sort of thing. Mm. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Also looking ahead to uh, Revolution, we've got that uh, Face the Revolution ladder match. Uh, four names confirmed so far. Uh, Keith Lee, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Two more spaces to be filled, one of which will be tonight. Orange Cassidy versus Anthony Bowens. Who's heading to Revolution for usage? I'm not entirely sure. And I think that's a testament to how well they've done to make us sort of very slowly take... Um, Anthony Bowen seriously as a yeah. player. Um, there was a real shock last year when it was Max Caster, I think, got the shine in the ladder match. It would be an interesting parallel um, if it's mm. Bowen's who gets the turn this time. And I suspect this is one of the reasons why the match has been booked. So I do feel like there's a level of intrigue here that's been lacking in the qualifiers elsewhere so far um, on that basis. But to me, Cassidy's a star. He's very over. He can do fun things in a ladder match. Um, and it would make zero sense for me to not include Cassidy in the match when he's beaten the guy who's challenging for the title at the pay-per-view. I think that would be quite dismal booking, to be mm. perfectly honest. Um, because I think the build for Paige Cole has, again, it's improved markedly in the past two weeks or so. The subtext of oh, well, if Cassidy can't qualify for the ladder match for the secondary title and he's beaten the guy who's going for the primary men's title at the pay-per-view, that's just terrible, frankly, optics-wise. You don't want to indirectly make Adam Cole look worse when he's not looking like the biggest heel in the promotion, when he Mm. should be his main event in the pay-per-view. So for no other reason than to make Adam Cole look as strong as possible, the guy who beats him has to make the pay-per-view. So... But there is a wrinkle of doubt, which I had um, Maya Tony Khan for putting into the match on the basis of how well he books his secondary characters on a rotational basis. Yeah, I think there's As an for, argument. Sorry, argument. just sorry. Zoom calls suck. We are sorry about this. <laughs> sorry. We're born, God willing, we'll be back into the office soon enough. Um, for the quality of the match, I would trending more towards fun than great. Yeah. Uh, the characters involved, the rap. I'm, I'm excited for all this. There's an argu- argument to be made for both. Like you say, I think I, I mentioned Anthony Bowens on a news question a few weeks back when someone said who could be given the shine akin to, to what we saw with, with Caster last year. And uh, I really like what they've done with Bowens recently and how, how much he's uh, really not surprised me, let's say in the ring, because that seems incredibly patronising, but uh, impressed me in, in, in recent weeks and months in what he's done. Uh, and then you've got the other one, like you say, with Cassidy beating Cole on this road to revolution. Yes, it's a lights out match, what have you. Um, it's Cassidy at the end of the day. He's, he's, a, he's a draw and it would make sense to put him on the pay-per-view. And uh, yeah, the whole dynamic of just three massive lads. Uh, and so far on the other side of the ring, Ricky Starks, um, potentially Orange Cassidy 
and uh, someone else just makes for a nice visual dynamic as well. I will repeat this on the preview. I'm saying it now so that I remember to repeat it on the preview. The mega fans will forgive me. The idea of the Hosses in like triangle formation, Hobbs, Lee and Wardlow and Orange Cassidy in the middle of them, walking up to them one by one, lightly kicking the legs of Hobbs. Then he does it to Keith Lee. Then he does it to Wardlow. And the idea of all three of them just bouncing into them at once. <laughs> well, I'm going to say no more about it because uh, double-checking the card for Revolution, I've seen who wins the match tonight. So that's been spoiled by Wikipedia. So don't go on, don't go on uh, the Revolution card this afternoon, Sige, because you'll find out who wins the uh, Cassidy Bowens qualifier. Um, in terms of the Serena Deeb five-minute challenge that's been advertised for tonight, a relatively straightforward formula. No need to, to, to change anything for me. Not yet, certainly not. Um, again, I'll keep this brief because I've said it on a previous podcast. I think the, the play is build Serena Deeb um, as Thunder Rosa's first challenger, with the idea being that Thunder Rosa has lots of protégés. She's a great guiding light in the women's independent scene. Get one of her students or protégés to withstand the five-minute challenge or at least a few minutes of it, and then she gets battered after the bell summoning Thunder Rosa, setting up the match in that way. So for now, because we're not a revolution yet, Thunder Rosa's not with the title yet, more of the same. Uh, finally, Sige, uh, there is a big news story that's broken in the last 24 hours surrounding AEW, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Has Chris Jericho had uh, ab implants? Incredible, Pat. Absolutely incredible. I love the idea that Chris Jericho, unable to find the nearest treadmill, has decided, because if you get ab implants, right, the idea is that he's just got some abs and stuck them on his belly to make himself look better than he has in the last few months. Yeah, the, uh, the this, if, just this article I'm reading here says, <clears throat> several actors have been known to undergo a, a liposuction procedure called abdominal etching to create six-pack abs. So that's what I was going to arrive at. You can't just put some abs on his belly. It's just going to make it look bigger, if anything, and more weird. So the idea was that he'd have to get lipo first to create the base for the abs. So Chris Jericho has willingly undergone liposuction and then abdominal, abdominal implant surgery. That sounds like he could just improve his diet and his conditioning. Yeah. He, he, it's he not as a- if he's never had a good body before. Yeah, exactly. Like, he knows how to do it. Uh, you know, I think he will openly admit that he, you know, wasn't in the best of shape. He had that health scare. I think it's general knowledge or b- belief, at least, that he maybe has kicked the booze for a bit um, following that and the, the tour with Fozzy. Um, and yeah, he's, he's look at look Hager's Hager's turned his turned it around recently. You talked about that just recently, but I just I'll read you Jericho's response. I'll slightly edit it for the podcast. Uh, he uh, responded uh, in the early hours of this morning UK time. Ha, that is the stupidest flipping thing I've ever heard. Keep reaching haters. <laughs> like, yeah, he was in worse shape before. When did he have the match with Tanahashi? I think he must have really, he was getting body shamed all over the place for his match with Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom just before the pandemic in January mm. 2020, I believe. Like, he looked pretty flabby and. 
he still worked this incredible match with Tanahashi, but like it was distracting the physique. And I think he must have got effectively shamed into getting into shape. You know, he's a, he was the world champion of AEW. He probably should have. Um, so he's he knows it's it's Chris Jericho, the guy's in his early 50s. It's incredible that he's in the shape that he's in now. I think it's going to be a cyclical thing with him mm. where he's 50. It's very hard for the older gentleman. I'm pretty 37 in September and Christ knows I can keep weight on these days. Like it just gets harder when you're older, your metabolism and all the rest of it. I think it's going to be a cyclical thing where every now and then he starts to get a little bit too latter-day Jericho and then he realizes, right, okay, I need it for a couple of months at least to be a little bit better. Yeah. He hasn't had implant surgery. Good to know there is abdominal etching, though. I might get some of that alongside getting the tightest tits in the game. I've, I've maybe got a little bit lax, I think it's fair to say, on my uh, workout regime. <laughs> yeah, if, if Ethan Page had have, like, said this every single week, and I buzzed off it every single week, I might have started getting tight tits, but at the minute, no. Uh, the question I was actually going to ask you in terms of the big story that's broken in the last 24 hours is, of course, uh, Cesaro leaving WWE. He wasn't released. His just contract expired. They couldn't come to terms. He's left. So I, I assume, and I'm not going to speculate too much and have you speculate that much on when he could arrive, but I assume it's one of those where you can pop up whenever. You haven't got a no-compete if your contract expires. But do you think Cesaro could and should come to All Elite Wrestling? Again, like we spoke about this on a podcast we recorded yesterday about um, the nature, predicting the nature of Tony Khan's latest huge announcement, which of course you can listen to um, wherever you get your podcast from. And we had a incidental discussion about whether or not how many signings are too many signings. And the more you bring in guys who you want to market as stars, you can't really beat them. And that means you have to beat more. And it's just this, you fall into a trap where you can't book a lot of performers with conviction. There's only so many people who can win. And that's why Miro doesn't get a push and all the rest of it. So it's legitimately like, how special does this in-ring talent have to be for us to get the checkbook out again and to rip up plans and all the rest. Cesaro in the ring is an absolute wizard. He's unbelievable. He has this way of just like the UFO spot at WrestleMania last year. Like, Jesus Christ. Poor bastard as well. You know, like when you get like a, a spot in mind, you think, I'll save that for the pay-per-view. Shouldn't have to wait 10 years. <laughs> Shouldn't have to wait 10 years if you've got a spot that awesome. It's one thing about building and like preserving your best stuff, but like 10 years is a bit much. Jesus Christ. It's not as easy as great in-ring wrestler joins well-booked promotion, money's made, all the rest of it. If this week's Dynamite told us anything, it's that they can talk people into the building. Mm. And talking people into the building and emotionally investing in feuds is so much more important than outright match quality. Cesaro's not a great talker. He doesn't have that intangible magnetism that makes you want to watch him, even though he's spectacular. Mm. I don't necessarily think he's the best fit for AEW, but he's simply so good in the ring that it would be almost stupid not to pick him up. Mm. Um, my, I would hold him in a tag team and Tony Khan could probably think of a way better tag team partner because he's great at putting people together. I would put him in a tag team or I would at least give him a mouthpiece. But even then, his work is so spectacular. He's a good heel as well. He just, I don't know what to think, man. It's WWE are so bad mm-hmm. that I can't tell whether 
the way they structure their very scripted, heavy television, their wacky sports entertainment, it, it was never going to suit a Cesaro. Why he spent mm. 10 years there is beyond me because there's no options to make major league income for so long. But, I mean, he makes dad jokes. He's quite a endearing guy. He's got a personality. I just don't necessarily think he can project it on television. But maybe he just needs to reform a tag team. He's a great tag team wrestler, and the tag team partner can do the talking for him. He's been a very great heel before um, his Paul Heyman guy run, which was so oddly timed. Didn't have a chance, really. Bring him in. It's Cesaro. You kind of have to. I'm not doing cartwheels over it, but when he does two minutes of dynamite, I will be doing cartwheels. Yeah. That's just a reality. He's 41, but he's an athletic freak. He's still in phenomenal shape. He can still, and he's been working a style below him for so many years that his bum clock's probably younger than his age. Hmm. Uh, I got very excited when I saw, I think it was Eddie Kingston saying he wouldn't dare come to AEW. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I just got to echo your thoughts, really. We'll talk a little bit more about this on uh, on wrestle culture as well later on, but uh, I, he's one of those ones for me. Am I on it? Huh? Am I on it? It is uh, a returning Adam Nicholas joining Phil Chambers for wrestle culture today. All oh, right. Okay, cool. Because I'm leaving at the, I have to leave it at a certain time today. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, yeah, it, I think it's one of those, like you say, I sit there and I joke about AW saying we're not signing anyone, and then a week later signing signing Buddy Matthews and presumably signing Swerve and Hardy and maybe even Jonathan Gresham. Um, but yeah, it's we always come back to the case by case basis rule, um, and it's it's Cesaro. Yes, he can't talk necessarily as well as certain people in AW, but what he can do in the ring is is magic, and I think it's it's the right promotion for him. So very excited to see what he does next. Uh, nice thing in New Japan. But yeah, the clap crowds make me not want to watch any Puro at the minute. It's sad. Yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts on the uh, the future of Cesaro and uh, on AEW Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be reviewing AEW Rampage. On Monday, our SmackDown preview is available right now. And you've got rest culture talking more about Cesaro, uh, complete with a hashtag bloody good quiz coming your way later on today. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage preview. Well, thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.